How Coronavirus Saved My Life, Episode 29, The Path. Mark Twain said it best. The two most important days in your life are the day you were born and the day you find out why. I thought my path in life was set in stone. I had a plan. My plan was to be married, obtain a psychiatric nurse practitioner degree, earn money doing what I love, build my dream home with my husband, and live happily ever after with my beautiful family. This is what I thought my path was. If someone were to tell me a year and a half ago, Christine, your life is going to take a new path. There's going to be a global pandemic. And Christine, not only are you going to be one of the ones to get the virus, you're going to have lingering symptoms for months. Oh, and Christine, you're going to have major epiphanies about your life while in quarantine after having a moment of facing mortality. Oh, and Christine, you're going to get divorced after 23 years because you're going to realize how unhappy you are. Oh, and Christine, it's not that you're just unhappy in your marriage. It's in all areas of your life. Oh, and Christine, you're going to have this major spiritual awakening and heal your symptoms by unwinding your childhood conditioning. But that's not it, Christine. You're going to start a podcast discussing how this same virus saved your life. Oh, and one last thing, Christine, you're going to make global connections with other podcasters who want to hear your story and vice versa. If someone were to tell me this a year and a half ago, this was going to be my path. I would have asked them, what pharmacy would you like me to send your medications to? I recently was a guest on a podcast where I was asked to tell my story of my coronavirus journey, my story of being raised by a racist alcoholic father, and how my family's deep-rooted racism deeply impacted my life and my path. I must admit, I was pleasantly stunned when this podcast host invited me to be on her show to tell my coronavirus story of being raised by a violent racist alcoholic father. I was dumbfounded as to why an African-American woman living in Georgia would care about my family's ugly history of owning enslaved people. After recording our episode, and we continue to talk off the record for over an hour, I realized why she invited me on her show. So today, my guest is my new friend, bold sister, and fellow podcaster, the lovely Arlene Bolden-Corla. Arlene, thank you so much for coming on my show today. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited. You just can't, you don't even know. I want to tell listeners a little bit and viewers um, a little bit about who you are. And then we're going to, I'm going to ask you why you created this podcast. So Arlene is the creator and podcast host of The Path. She is a certified speaker coach and consultant for the John Maxwell team. The Path Podcast describes itself as our survival guide of bold sisters whose hopes and dreams take a detour, forcing disappointments to turning obstacles into opportunities. Arlene, do you know how much that speaks my language? Oh, it should speak everyone's language because who doesn't have a story? Well, what I love about that is like, you're, you're going to have disappointments. You're going to have ups and downs, like expect it and Mm -hmm. expect it. And then that's actually where your growth and your opportunity lies is in the disappointment, the twists and the turns, the unexpected, the uncertainty. Like I just, I have chills. I just love it so much. So (laughs) 
I want to ask you, what inspires you to create this podcast? Well, let me go back and still say thank you again for having me on your show. You were wondering why I called you. I'm like, why me? Even though I love talking to other bold women and I'm like, I don't, I don't have a story, but of course I do. Right. Because I started the path because of my story. And, and, and what inspired me is because I went through a divorce myself, you know, married 10, 11 years, going on 11 years and went through a divorce to like two years shy of us planning our little girl, having our, to, to uh, have, giving birth to our little girl. And so after the divorce, after coming through it, I've always, it, it made me sit down and reevaluate my life. Like you were saying earlier, because my favorite quote is by um, William McDonald. And he said, every problem introduces a person to himself or herself. And that is my favorite quote because, because of that obstacle, I went through the divorce. I considered an obstacle that was, that I went through my challenge. It made me have this bold way about myself. I'm like my, at the time I, I was, if I tell you how much I was making and I was so afraid I had to, we had to sell our house. We had to move my daughter and I into a new neighborhood. And, 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 and he was more of the breadwinner where I, my income was like less than half of his. So it was scary. And I was so mad. I would sit down and write every day and I would sit here and write. And I'm like, I am not going to be in this position ever again. I am not going to let my daughter as when we move, I didn't want to live in a subpar neighborhood. I, I wanted to make sure I, my income was at a level where my daughter could still do the things I had planned for her. And, and I just, I was just, I got mad. It made me mad. So I was mad at the situation. I was mad at him, mad at life. But of course, I'm still such an overall, a positive person mm-hmm. that I turned that anger after first for the first year now I must admit the anger was still kind of ugly but yeah yeah, but I turned it into something positive and that positive thing is wanting to talk to more women and and help other women because I felt like if I felt this way I know other women felt this way now that happened many many years ago before I started the podcast because I wanted to start blogging and different things like Uh that then you know life you still just work and I'm in corporate America I got so busy I kept pushing it to the side but I kept writing so when 2020 happened, I'm like, it's time it's now or never. So start. I love that. And I, I listened to that episode. That's one thing that I, our connection is uh, we're very transparent. We're like, yes. this truth sucks, but this is it. I mean, this is what our thoughts and our feelings and our emotions. And mm-hmm. I, I don't remember if you explained this, but I just got this feeling like you had this dream, right? And and you're you you got a church and religious and all that kind of stuff. And so I imagine there was this thing like uh you had this dream of getting married, you know, the typical like let's get married and have a baby. And that had to be crushing for you. Yes. Yes. It was crushing, especially when you sit here and you plan, you try to do it what I consider the right way, meaning my dad threatened us as me and my sister. I don't know why he didn't threaten my, threaten my brother, but he told us when we were younger, okay, you get pregnant, you're going to raise your own child. So, you know, I've yeah. always, that always stuck in my head, even as a, an adult, I didn't have my daughter until I was 30. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I, we were married, we were married 
like eight years before we decided to have her eight, nine years. So, mm-hmm. cause we were just young in our twenties living and having fun. And, and, and I'll still say to this day, nice guy, uh, you know, I can say that today, but we were just living and having fun. And then finally, okay, we all started, me and my friends, we're starting to have families. We planned this, this little girl. And then, then this happens. Oh, it was crushing to you. Yeah. That's, I mean, that is that. Yeah. How old were you when you got married? I was 21. Okay. And how old were you when you met him? Um, we met about 19 cause we were in college. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. The reason I'm asking that for a reason, obviously, but, um, cause it's funny cause you know, similar to you. So I married my prom date. I always called them the prom date from hell. We never <laughs> left, you know, um, I married my prom date and we got married at 19 and it was just like, cause he was joining the army for me to get benefits, blah, blah, blah. And we both were kind of like, it's us against the world, you know, and whatever struggling. And, you know, but we, what we did is we had these goals, you know, career goals and house goals. And we were actually, weren't even going to have kids. That was a oops, but totally fine. And after 12 years and, and then like, once we got the dream, it was like, why are we unhappy? But what's interesting about my ex, I mean, we're, we're friends, we're, we're fine, you know? And I mean, I had such, I was so angry at him because I felt he abandoned the family and walked away so easily with not even a tear coming out of his eye and which, which he may have cried in private. I don't know, but, and maybe he didn't feel worthy of his life. I don't know. I can't speak for him, but, but what's interesting is there will be times I'm like, "Why, why don't I like him? Like, like now, like, I'm like, I used, I was married to him for a very long time. Yes. I've known him since I was a teenager. And I was like, why can't I not stand him? Like I used to be attracted to him, all these things. And then I realized, you know, your brain doesn't develop fully till you're 25, mm-hmm. your personality and your brain. And I was like, well now wonder yeah. because we, our brains weren't even developed, you know? And so now I'm like, okay, so then I just take a breath and I go, that was my other brain. This is my yeah. new brain. We're all good. Exactly. You know, exactly. it's just, it's fascinating. So so what, what, so were you blind? So tell tell the listeners, can you tell them briefly a little journey of like, what happened of your divorce? Like how did, why did, what happened? Okay. So, you know what, let me tell you, I know you probably heard it. If they listened to my episode one, I went through, I, I like to set up the timing. It was Thanksgiving. You know, we were going through our little issues and, and different things like that. But, and I remember we were headed home to, to, to our, my family for Thanksgiving. And I knew things weren't great, but still we were, you know, I felt like we were trying to work it out because we were talking and, and we've spoken to other people and who were trying to like, like parents of ours talking to us about marriage. But it was during that time, I know I was talking to him, I was feeding my daughter. I can remember sitting, feeding my daughter. And I asked him, I'm like, when do you think you want to have another baby, you know, a second mm. child? And he said, um, he looked at me and he's like, I don't think I want any more kids. I mean, I don't think we should, he's, I don't think I want any more something like to that, um, in that, to that regard. And I'm like, I looked at him, I'm like, really? So it, it startled me because I know we, we had at some point talked about having at least two and I'm like, you don't want any more kids. He said, no, I don't think we should have any more. So, but all the stuff I think that was going on, it kind of like made me sit here and it's like, okay, this is really bad. So from that, I packed our stuff up. We were at my sister's. I packed my stuff up. We came back to Atlanta that same day. And, and 
didn't know anything at that point. And he and I, this is one the reason, this is the wonderful thing about when you can have a great relationship today with the person. Because even when the podcast came out and I told my truth, I told him, I told the truth that I believe it was infidelity. Mm-hmm. And he said he didn't agree. <laughs> and interesting response. <laughs> of course. And but I told him it was my truth. And 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 I know that I feel like that to be the truth. And, you know, so I want to be fair to, to everyone, let everyone hear that he's saying that's not true, but it was infidelity to me. And, right, right. and so I, yeah, that's what it was. Yeah. yeah. And, and I don't know how to stay in something that's not good for me. Right. Correct. And <laughs> did you at that time when he was, first of all, how did you respond to him when he were, did, were you just shocked? Did you, what, how did you respond when he said that? Do you remember? About, Dave, about yeah. Dave. Oh, oh I, I was like, I just looked at him. I really... I don't want to go and and those. I really just like looked at him with like, okay, are you yeah. kidding me? Yeah, you know, yeah, and yeah. I'm feeling my daughter now, so yeah. she's in my arms. She's yeah, a, a little girl, toddler still. Yeah, um, not quite two. And yeah. I said, like, really? And I'm like, you know, I did ask why, but it, it, it hit me so in my gut where I could think I kind of knew yeah. something was wrong. It was really not good. Yeah, I yeah. know. You know, you know the person. You had been like even with your your ex. I had been with him for at least by that time, 11, 12 years, even if we were married less than that, I knew him well enough. I knew something was wrong. Like I said, we were already going through some issues. You know, your partner, you know, when it feels like they're a different person. And so that was just, I think the straw that uh, broke the camel's back. I think that's the thing. So it, it just, I just told him, I'm like, well, I'm not going to my dad's because again, we were at my sister's about to go to my dad's that day of Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. The one thing I used, I said in that podcast, I don't know how to lie to my family. I'm not taking you around my family. Like this is this loving family and we're going to go sit in because front of you're people. authentic. You're authentic. Yeah, no I'm matter authentic. what it is, you're like, I'm authentic. Yes. I can't pretend. No. And no. I told him, I said, we going, I, I, I don't want to, let's go back to Atlanta. And, and he was like, what? I said, no, I'm, I said, I'm not going to lie to my family. I'm not going to go sit in people, their face and, and like, pretend to be happy. Yeah, yeah. No, packed up our stuff. I told my sister, she didn't ask no questions. She just said, be careful. She knew something was wrong. Yeah. I, I think I've kind of told her a little bit, but I, she knew something was wrong. She just said, be careful. Yeah. I could, because I was in someone else's home. So I couldn't really react the way I was. Right. <laughs> I think when we got back to Atlanta, it's when I yeah, really show that other side of me. That yeah. I'm so glad that yeah. I don't, you know, I don't do today. <laughs> yeah. Well, and the thing is, is we, we, that was blindsided and I'm just assuming, I don't know, but my, and my thought is, is like all those hopes and dreams just came crashing, crashing and it, it was not just him that was killing your dream, dream. right? It yes, was it. that thing that you had in your mind of how your life was going to go. It was killed. Yes. And, and to your point with that, like you said, you have those plans. He and I was living a, a decent life. We had a nice home. We had the nice, you know, I, I don't want to go on materialistic things. Right, right, right. Young. So that's what you think. We had a decent life. We were living comfortably for, for a young couple. And like you said, it all came crashing down. Yeah. I I kind of like when when we had her, my thing is, okay, my husband is the one, he's traveling, he's doing business. I'm working, but I'm not trying to be the next, I'm just going to say CEO of yeah. the company because yeah. 
I'm just so happy I have my little girl and yeah. I'm just happy to raise my yeah. family. Yeah. You know, yeah. Let him go be great. Yeah. And, yeah. And, and even though I know I would have gotten back to that because that's who I am. Right. I am a business oriented type person, but mm-hmm. I was fine with the, the place I was at. So those whole, yeah, it came crashing. Yeah. 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 Crashing down. And, and I have so much gratitude for that too. Yeah. I have so much gratitude for all of that, that yes. he did, whether he cheated, doesn't matter, but yes crushing your dreams because it, you created, you reinvented yourself and something even better than what you had in your mind Yes, and how beautiful that is and healing and that kind of stuff. Like that's one thing with my ex is that I'm so, I was, you know, the duality of it. Like I was so hurt and I still occasionally am like, why the hell did he just walk out like that? Like, it's just like, he just walked out, you know? And, uh-huh. and that's not all, that's not fully true. He kind of actually did linger for a while. And I was like, you need to leave. Cause I can't heal, you know? And yes. he left and I was like, why did he leave? You know what I mean? Like what the hell? That's what like, we do. Yeah. That's I'm what screwed. we do. <laughs> uh, but, um, but anyways, um, but I was so grateful for him doing that because he allowed me to heal and he allowed, I mean, I discovered, I had no idea that this was going to be who I was and am and all these things. I had no idea. I mean, first of all, you know, I've talked about my childhood on your podcast and I mean, there was no way in hell I could ever express how I felt. There was always a consequence and punishment. Mm -hmm. And now that I'm doing it on this, like public, I mean, I'm sorry. I think it's badass. Like now I'm like, man, that is really, I was was like, that's really scared. I'm really scared. I'm like, hopefully my mom won't hear it. And now I'm just like, I, she's getting on my social media, just trying to terrorize me. But, um, I'm just like, bring it, you know, whatever it's like. And there's nothing stopping me now, you know, and there's nothing stopping you. Let me tell you what I heard one friend. She was on my podcast too. um, She has a great book and I can't think Uh of it, but I'm going to tell you her name is Letitia B. Russell. Mm -hmm. Uh, She said in her book that she had some issues that went on when she went through in her childhood, but she said she had, and I asked her, how did she feel about maybe other, her, her family members hearing it and, and she, you know, the story when she had to tell the story, she said, well, I was made to be uncomfortable for years. Mm-hmm. She said it was about time for some other people to be uncomfortable. I'm like, that just, I'm like, you're right into the, what you were saying about, you know, it's your mom hearing it. And, and when she said that, I'm like, it's true. As a little girl, she went through so much. And so she said, no, she's, I, I'm speaking, I'm screaming all of my truth right now. So, and it's not to hurt nobody. And thankfully, yeah, I think it was, yeah. it was never to hurt anybody, but she was just saying, I'm, it's time for other people to be uncomfortable. Yeah. You know, yeah, and they, yeah. And their reaction is a reflection of them. Like, right. Yeah. If they're like, well, that didn't happen. How about, I'm sorry that happened to you or that you feel that way. What can I do? You know what I'm saying? Like, yes. but pe- they don't, those people don't have awareness or insight or whatever, or if they're narcissists, they don't, they, they love it. Yes. Um, they want to cause pain. So, yeah. so, so. I, you, how long have you been divorced for? Ooh, I'm going to tell my age, everybody. I've been divorced now. And, and it's a good thing. I like to re- forget. It's been, believe it or not, 20, at least 20 years. Wow. Okay. Yeah, Because it was like 32, about 20 years. Because yeah. we were, uh, we had my daughter at 30, about 32 when I went through my divorce. And, um, and yeah, so y'all see I'm in my fifties now. Yeah. I love it. though. looking like yeah. me and Tyler Moore over there <laughs> with that haircut. Um, um, but yeah, so 
what do you feel like okay so because we all have like our roles that we played and stuff I'm like so my thing it was it's funny because I'm like he was disconnecting from me he ignored me I told him these are three things I just need for two years I just need a hug tell me it's going to be okay tell me you're sorry and he couldn't do any of it you know and he was again not to be a dead horse he was obsessed with Donald Trump hating him and he like took on Donald Trump traits and stuff um but but I also had accountability too, right? Yes. Like not Ooh. once during that time did I say, what do you think I need to work on? Not one time, Arlene, did I ask him, what do you think? And I look and, you know, I'm like, how intimidating that must be, you know, to be like, you need to do this and you need to do that. You know what I, I mean? Agree. Like, why would anybody want to do any of that? You know of what course. I mean? Right. Great. I totally agree with that. Yeah. Because that's the same with me. I, I thankfully, and I want to wait to see if you're going to, you know, if, if I answer, you know, ask if you wanted to ask me a question, but I felt the same way. My ex, he, you know, I wanted more from him and I felt like he was uh, distant and he was, you know, just doing things like he was to me, sometimes he was living like he was still single. I mean, well, we were no, we didn't have any children. Let me say it that way. Yeah. That's what it was. Mm-hmm. It was like, he wanted to still go here. And I'm like, we have a little girl at home now. Mm-hmm. We can't do that because yeah. the, in, in all of, um, his, defense we were always doing stuff together so it wasn't like he was always going but we would do it as you know um, uh, a young couple with no kids mm-hmm. we were always going at gone every weekend so of course when we had her it's like I'm looking for us now to be Saturday sit at home family or go do something with the family you know we could still do things yeah yeah, yeah. Still, so that's what he was always wanting to go and it was beginning to be too much and I think maybe with the goals was probably meeting people yeah and, you yeah. know and that type of thing. But then to your point, like you said, Arlene, I looked at myself later on after going through the divorce and I'm like, Arlene, you had a mouth on you. So you weren't perfect, you know, right. You know, you know, we, I used to always, this is the way I tell people now, I think some of that was the catalyst for it ending, but still Arlene, you could have worked on a whole lot more yourself. You could have yeah. been a little bit more ca- softer with your tone and what you say and how you say it and what you did. So Arlene needed to work on Arlene as well. Yeah. I, I love that you brought that up because I listened like yesterday, episode 23. It was your January episode about the two, yeah. your two goals, restore yeah. and listening. Mm-hmm. Girl, that was listening. I didn't do restore, but I'm gonna do it now. But listening because I, I recognize that I really just want to give people advice. Like, yes. I just want to like help this is what you do because you and I are probably very similar. Like we very can similar. see the vision, how to fix it in two seconds. Yes. Right. And like the first, like somebody says, you know, oh, I'm having problem with X, Y, and Z. And then immediately I go, this is how they fix it. And then they yeah. start going on and on. I'm like, well, that first sentence, that's all, everything else is details, you know? Yes. And so, but I recognize, I actually bought this painting with a bird called the listener mm-hmm. because I really like need to work on listening because I, people can't figure their stuff out if you're just giving them the stuff, giving them the answers. Mm-hmm. Um, and some, we mm-hmm. always feel like we got to fix everything and give advice, even as parents, like, like mm-hmm. with my daughter, like she comes home and maybe she's talking about a bully that she saw doing something or something crazy. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of parents, we want to just go, Oh, well, you need to do this. And you need to do that. Yes. Just listen, because actually what I found is when you, if you just listen, cause we don't have to do anything. No, just listen. And what I found is you actually get to know your child even better when you just listen. I wish I had met you years ago. My daughter would have said, could you please tell my mother? 
Yeah. Just do that, Christy. See, at least your baby is younger because my daughter to this day, I, and I've learned now where she said, mom, sometimes I just, I just want to, I don't want you to, when I tell you something, I don't want it's for you to tell me something back or give me advice right. or tell me to do this. Right. So I wish I really had done that. And I, and it, it makes me feel like I'll look at her like, I'm sorry. Yeah. Said, mom, did I do that? Did I make you feel a certain way at yeah. 10, 12? But you know, I got it now. So I'm right. so glad you said right. that because right. That, right. especially with our kids, we have to do that. Right. Yeah. 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 And we're, and you were saying, I'm sorry. And we're always apologizing for everything. Yes. So what I now I say, thank you. Thank you. Thank right. you. Cause actually like if somebody gives you a compliment, like, Oh, I like that shirt. I, yes. it took me two years to train my brain to say, thank you. Cause I, I could never say it. I would be like, Oh, this thing I got off my Amazon, whatever, you know, yes. but, but when you say thank you, the dopamine levels in your brain immediately go up, whether you believe it or not. So just say thank you. Like I just start saying thank you all the time. Um, because I mean I was one of those people that like apologizing all the time for yeah. everything. And I'm like, it's not 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 everything's my damn fault. You know exactly. what I mean? It's like not. And they say women got a problem doing that. You know, women are saying right. sorry. Right. You know, I know you're not, but we got a habit of saying it. Right, right. And your daughter's saying, I just wish she would listen. And then you go, Oh, I'm sorry. It's yeah. again, it's like she's not getting that space because we're now we're apo- now she's gotta make you feel better, right? Exactly. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, thank you for that. Because, you know, of course I was getting to that place to stop, but I'm glad you said that part. So yeah. 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 You're welcome. (laughs) Uh, Anytime. Um, so yeah, that, so yeah, your, your thing about listening, I was like, there were so many, there's so many things. I love your solo episodes. Those are like, I'm so addicted to them. I was listening to the one earlier about like, when you look at your mirror, look in the mirror, wink at yourself, you know, cause you know, yeah. Cause like, you know, I had stepped down my hours at work and I was working at home and I like gained some weight and I was in my routine and I was like, uh, you know, so I'm like, oh, I'm going to yes. listen to that episode every morning to yeah. inspire me, by the way. Um, I love it. Um, hey, look, I wink, wink at yourself. Just wink at yeah, yourself. Wink. Um, cause yeah, I've done that before. I like, oh, I look good. And then I'll turn back and I'll go disgusting. You know what I mean? Like, you know, exactly. I'm a Leah. We're, we're very hard on ourselves. Hey, exactly. Yeah. So, um, so let's kind of start from the beginning, like your background, like you tell the listeners kind of like where, where, what state you're from and how you ended up in Atlanta and all that and your career path. We know about you getting married and stuff, but kind of like what your childhood was like and stuff. Okay. I am a small town country girl is what I love to say from South Carolina and raised in the family of uh, five, my dad, my mom, my father, and my siblings, my sister and brother. And in my, in our neighborhood was all family. It just like, it was just family. It was, if I tell, if I had to tell it, it was just the perfect little country place and, mm-hmm. and, and co- perfect little country place with, with a whole bunch of other stuff that I kind of saw on the outside later, mm. you know, but that I didn't, I didn't know what, that's what it was that we may talk about later, but still perfect. You know, I would come home from school, can go down, lay down, take a nap with the front door open. Wow. And yeah, if you felt safe, it was, mm-hmm. it felt like a safe little haven where a bunch of family just lived around each other. And, and my mother passed when I was 12, but my mother passed when I was 12. Well, I was 12. My siblings were a little bit older. And, and when that happened, that was like my first obstacle. I would tell people who, what child expects to lose their mother? And I was yeah. so attached. To that was mother. like the first time your dream was crushed. 
that's the first time my dream was crushed. Even I had someone told me how I deal with some things. I may go back to that 12 year old little girl who first, you know, who that's my first time re- ever experiencing pain and, yeah. and crushing of, yeah. of something in life. Did she die and unexpectedly? Unexpectedly. Oh, yes. I'm so sorry. Yeah. Unexpectedly. And, and so of course my dad raised us. And like I said in the before, but we were surrounded by nothing but love and nothing yeah. but family. And what, what it taught me is how to be that same way to my godson, who his mother, my best friend, my soulmate of a sister of a friend passed and he was 12 as well. Wow. It, it's crazy how life happens for me to be 12 and then for her, for her son to be 12. And it made me, but because of the love I had around me when my mother passed, it taught me they showed me what I needed to do for him. That's and even though his father raises him, raised him. Yeah. I was, I had to be there in his life consistently, even though he has a wonderful group of family, her yeah. family as well. But I knew what I had to do on my end. So mm-hmm. that was that, but, but I came, so I was raised in South Carolina, went to college in South Carolina and met my, that's where I met my then husband. Mm-hmm. And we decided we were going to come to Atlanta. He graduated two years before I did. So he had already moved to Atlanta. And, and I remember that year I graduated, I said, I was going to stay home with my dad for like, I was, cause I was the baby. My sister had already um, moved to Augusta, Georgia. And my brother, he was still at home. And I said, I was, no, my brother had already, he was married by that time. And I said, I was going to um, stay with my dad for the rest of the summer and then move to Atlanta. In South Carolina, there is nothing to do. <laughs> you know, for a young, for a young eight, 19 year old. Yeah. Nothing yeah, to yeah, do. Yeah. 18, really. 18 year old, night, because I, no, I'm sorry, 21. A 21 year old, it's nothing to do. Yeah. If you have the so choice between like, South Carolina, Atlanta, I think I'm going to choose Atlanta. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. So I told, I called my ex husband at the time. I was like, come get me. Yeah. It's time to go. So yeah. he came and got me, came to Atlanta, and never looked you know, never look back, but I love going home. We go yeah. home often. I, I lost my dad uh, in 2020, but uh, we go back home because that's where our family is. And I love going because it's like, everything stops. Yeah. We're the birds church. Oh, living in the moment. That's beautiful. I love that. Living the moment when you yeah. go back home. And I was love it. Let it. me ask you this. I don't even know how to actually word this. I'm going to just word it with my brain says, was it weird to be raised just by a dad? No, because you know, it's just like, you know, well, as a child, because you don't expect to lose your, your mother, right, right. you know, because especially when you so attached and he was the one working outside of the home, mm, it, it, uh, it, it, it just felt different that way. It just, yeah. it didn't feel different because he was my dad. Mm-hmm. It just felt different because I didn't expect to lose my mother. Right. Right. That's I mean, only, yeah. That's the it's only like reason. a, like, where do you go? And you're 12, you know, and it's not, yeah. It's other people, and they're everybody's going through their own grieving. Yes, and you know I've had on my previous um, episodes where I've had African American uh, people talk about like in their community, like yeah. they don't talk about you know you know death or you know suicide, just different things. Like it's just yeah. it's through osmosis. Is yeah. your family like that, or did they y'all discuss things? Yeah, I don't think I ever heard of suicide. You know. <laughs> If it was, it had, if it had ever happened around me, yeah. I didn't know anything about Interesting. it. Interesting. You know, yeah. It's just, it's, I would love for my sister to say if she did because she was older, yeah. but 
yeah, it just, it would seem like it was nothing ever that was a conversation that we just really talked about. Yeah. 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 I, I knew thing to know. Yeah. Oh, I, didn't, I don't think I knew to talk about it if I did. Yeah. You did, know. I mean, did your, and did your family tell you your mother died? Yes. Okay. Cause what am I, one of the uh, therapists I had on Danny Ross, he was like, I didn't even know my dad had died. I was five. No one told me. He was like, I, they just thought it was going to come through osmosis, you know? Yeah. And so, yeah. So I, 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 I just love hearing like other people's like stories and stuff. Um, cause everyone has their own unique story. Of course. Of yeah. Course. yeah. So yeah, they told us. Yeah. I, I, I mean, of course, because even my mom passed two days after Christmas. Oh my goodness gracious. Yeah. Two days. And so the day we, we went to go visit her, her, she and I, her siblings, I met my, my siblings and her father at the time who was alive and all her siblings so we were going to spend Christmas with her that day that's the day we found out that the doctors wasn't expecting her to survive mm, at gosh. least for me that's yeah. when they all of us in the yeah. room I don't know wow. if my dad was getting more information at the time but mm. yeah wow and yeah it was a it was it's a time it's a time yeah. were you really it's close a, with your mom oh yes yeah I was so yeah. close to my mother when I was um I remember in kindergarten I, I, I lied. I would lie that I was sick so I could get, come back home. I didn't want to go to school. <laughs> so opposite from my childhood. I ran away. <laughs> like I ran away, like to the Creek behind the house. Oh and yeah. I, I was attached to her. Yeah. That's I so, remember, it's so funny. Let me tell you, I didn't even know how to get home. My brother had to tell the nurse and tell them how to, um, um, for me, because <laughs> I was South Carolina. So they drove you home. Yeah. Me. That is cool. <laughs> I love that. So, I love that. Yeah. I was attached to her. Yes. So, so, you know, I was on your podcast and I, you know, was talking about my story of being raised by a racist father and like, yeah, my God, just, you know, driving around and I mean, he was so angry all the time anyways, but drive, it always seems to start at a gas station. I don't know why (laughs) I guess getting gas like triggered him or something, but (laughs) you know, and then we'd be like trying to get out of the gas station and then, you know, there'd be like a car of African-American people. And I guess he perceived them cutting them off and then just start screaming at them. Yeah. So growing up in the South, South Carolina, did you ever experience people saying the N word to you? You will be surprised. I have never in my face can remember anybody ever saying anything to me using the N-word. That is ever. beautiful. And, and that's what, and I'm thankful too for that as well. Yeah. Even going into my adult years to this day, if I can tell you I can hear somebody saying it to me in my face, no. Yeah. I've never heard it. Yeah. And I think that's why things shocked me still with life. So mm-hmm. just, I knew there were differences, but still yeah. it was not, not like it was, I was confronted with it. Unfortunately, like I know so many of my other uh, sisters and brothers have not yeah. my literal, my, my, my siblings, but people just that I know that yeah. I'm very close to. Yeah. So for me, no, no. Yeah. That's so fascinating. Cause I, I was one thing I was like, I wonder like how people, I mean, I guess with any sort of anyone saying derogatory thing towards you. I mean, it's, it's, but that is kind of a different twist, you know, um, like, so the people that, you know, that, I mean, how do you react? How do people react to that normally? Like, I mean, I don't know, there's no book on how to react to that, but I'm just curious, like you just walk away. Do you say, what do you start fighting? Like what, what, what happens? Exactly. You know what, if I, 
I'm trying to think of some of the people, even like my brother, I think my brother's the nicest man in the world. Mm -hmm. Everybody loves my brother. I've never heard my brother even share stories that with me. I'm not saying it's not happening to him because mm-hmm. we just don't talk about it. Yeah. You know, as much like that, unless something is happening in the news, like it happening is happening so much more you hear, mm-hmm. but a lot of people I've spoken to, oh yeah, you say they're going to come back at you. You know, they're going to come back at, at you with um, some people it's, it's different. It, it's, it's, it's along the lines. Some come back right back at you raw (laughs) with with ugliness. Others understand and know to rise above it. You know, some may take that approach. Michelle Obama, you go low. When they go low, we go high. And and some people just understand you have to be in that moment to Mm -hmm. understand where you are and understand if what what comes first, your safety, or you having to um, just to try to defend yourself against a word that is not who you are right See, right that's enough to my daughter it's not who you are it, yeah. it's just a reflection of them so that's why that was one of the work. questions I had was yeah. with, with yeah because like in your family because you know I I'm just curious like yeah is it something that you talk about like this may happen or you just live your life and then things happen and you're like can't believe that happened like yeah you know that's what it, that's how it was and believe it or not even for my dad who I know experienced it to be 80, 88 when he passed, 89, I know he experienced it, but believe it or not, we didn't sit there and talk about it. That's amazing. I love yeah. that. I because that didn't define it. who you are and that's not your identity. Those exactly. are those people, you know, yes. obviously. Yes. Um, and, and I'm saying he we never and, and maybe he's he and my sister were very close. She's the oldest. So mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure they may have had more conversations. But yeah, those are just not conversations we've had, even though we've sat there and watched news and mm-hmm. saw things. And he's probably said, you know, that it's wrong. He don't like it. Yeah. And, but he never, my dad was never out of character to just like, like blow up just because we that heard is, stuff. You know, I mean, that's just so opposite from my yeah. father. Your mother and father are the complete opposite. They're like the yin and the yang duality, like the complete opposite. <laughs> Cause you say the one wrong thing to my dad, he's going to freak out on you, you know, exactly. a ticking time bomb. So I love hearing that. I, I just oh, don't, that, don't get me wrong. Let me tell you, my dad was that one who you don't play with though. Well, you know, you know we everybody all knew that from the John Bolton's house, like you're going to come in there and take over anything. Yeah. And yeah. That's what I love. We were so safe. We felt with him mm-hmm. as well as we knew he was not the man to play with. <laughs> I love that. You felt safe with yeah. your father. I yeah. love yeah. that. I love yeah. hearing that. That is awesome. I love that. I love it. So, so, so then you moved to Atlanta. Yeah, moved to Atlanta. And then and kind of what was your plan after that? You got, you got, you got married and then did you get married yes. in Atlanta? We got married. Believe it or not, we got married. I was finishing school and got married and I was kind of like already you know we were married and we still we had a wedding later on and we had the big shindy because I didn't be honest say I was already I had it on paper that we were married already so um, so we planned the wedding later on so when I came yes we were married and um definitely then we did the um just start our lives we just started our lives when he came and got me in we just started living and enjoying life because, because the same friend that passed, she and her husband and my, me and my husband, we were all best friends. So we all hung out. We did everything together. So we were just living what we felt like just our, what we call our best life, you know, just enjoying life as in our twenties. So, 
and just trying to and, and write, you know, and 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 work and trying to get to that next level. I took the law school exam, failed it miserably. <laughs> All the different things because I'm a talker. I thought I wanted to be a lawyer, and you know, but I'm like, I realized I definitely didn't want to do that again. So you know, we're just trying to find that where where I wanted to be and what I wanted to do. Yeah, and, you know, yeah. My husband at the time. That's so, funny. Yeah. I had a semester where I wanted to be a lawyer and I took one law class and I was like, hell no, th- this is boring. I'm falling asleep. I, when do we get to the part where we put them in jail? Like, like when we, where's the sentencing part? You know what I mean? Like I was ready for that. You know, Christine, you were like, I just wanted to get in court and argue. Yeah. I did, debate. Yeah. You whatever. Debate, you know? debate the whole time. And, and when I realized I had to do research, really? Oh yeah. 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 Boring. That's what I'm boring. like, mm-hmm. uh, I'm not going to go yeah. study more. Yeah. Yeah. So, so, so what kind of career did you go into? Uh, was it talked about with your husband? Like, oh, I'm going to do this, a little bit of this. You're going to be the breadwinner. You're going to be, you know, like, did y'all have like a plan for that? No, no plan. We were just both supporting each other just to just to do what we were doing. So mm-hmm. he supported me. I supported him because he's um he was into the uh, computer technology world. And mm-hmm. my first job, I, it was funny, but my first real job, I'll say, was with a big box retailer, which is uh that's all I'll say. That's crazy. My dad used to work for a boxing company. Are there's so much synchronicity? It's crazy. Yes. Okay, sorry. Yeah. Go ahead. No, that's a big box retailer now. It's mm-hmm. a yeah. Okay. You know, who it's, okay. Yep. So, mm-hmm. so in there is, I was trying to grow in my, there in my, um, being in business, you know, so trying to grow and, and rise the ranks of, you know, like going like manager to direct the, you know, but I didn't make it like that. It didn't yeah. happen for me that way. Yeah. And so, you know, I got hit in the face pretty hard. Cause I thought out of college, I was going to be making six figures that didn't happen. And so, I remember, let me tell you this, in this big box retail, I remember the CEO used to, at the time, come into some of our meetings, our lunch and learns. And I'm going to tell you this, this is how I feel like I dealt with the reverse racism in different ways. So at this company, this CEO, and I'll still give him credit to this day, I, I approached him, they were approachable, and this is a, a big, big company. And I told him, I said, um, you know, I'm trying to get around marketing. What can I do to get into this field and blah, 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 blah. And he told me, he said, okay. He told, he said, uh, he told the person with him, he said, set up a meeting with this young lady, get her information and set it up with this VP of this department. And, and I said, wonderful. So, you know, me, a little young kid, I'm excited. Like, okay, I'm going to get in my area of marketing. Okay. Meeting set up, went sat in this VP's office, you know, telling him my hopes and dreams again, that man looked at me like, I ain't gonna say the words on your show, but it, it, to me, he made it look like he said, B, I am only, or even maybe the other word I'm looking at, I am only sitting in here because this man told me to sit in here. You are wasting my time. It's like he had, it's like disgust. It was disgust to me. And I promise you, when I would tell that story, sometimes it used to make me want to cry Yeah, because it was so disappointing. I was so, yeah, yeah. feel the disgust. Like I said, to me, that was almost like the reverse way of thinking. You're just looking at me like I'm this black chick just sitting yeah, here. Yeah, yeah. Well, my stomach started turning because that's the way my father would, that, that's like the way my yes. father would be. Like, that's how he would be like, yes. you know, so. And so that's where I felt like, to me, I've how I've, I've dealt with it. I felt like I've dealt with it in business and I felt like I've dealt with it that way. They didn't say it to my face, but I, 
I, I'm a good judge of people. And I, and, and I'm not saying I want to put that on anyone. Cause I don't right, want to right. ever assume right. about anybody right. Right. because that's wrong. Yeah. But still you, you get that feel of people. I know I should have been, I should have been waiting in other positions in that company. Yeah. Right. Right. Do you think it was because you're a woman or because you're black or a combo? A combo. Combo. I, and not and not even the combo first. It was black first. You know, oh. a lot of not everybody. Mm-hmm. Not everybody. Yeah. But because some of them were as a woman, because like some of the companies I work around even to this day, that's I believe is woman first mm-hmm. in some of those cases. But that what in those cases, a, a lot of times there, I believe it was that. Because I would sit after I didn't get some positions, I'll be like, I would call back and say, tell me what I need to do. Cause I wanted to challenge you to say, yeah. what oh, oh, okay. Time? What yeah. were they saying? Oh, they'll be like, oh no, we just showed. Cause it was this one position I knew I had the experience for. And mm-hmm. I, and I asked them, what do I need to do? What, what can help me so I can improve on my interviewing skills? Maybe, maybe I'm doing something wrong. And oh. they'll be like, well, no, we just found somebody, you know, we just hired somebody with more experience and blah, 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 blah. That was, I mean, that was just the general information. Cause I knew I had the experience. Yeah. So yeah. You, you found that one other thing that that person may have had to say, and trust me, I'm not saying I don't take that away from anybody. Right, right, I always right. say I, I want everybody to win. Yeah, I really do. Yeah, and I'm yeah. okay if they won, as long as you judge us equally. You know. Yeah, yeah, and and all and and those people and that guy like the with the boxing company. Like, I mean, at first I'm like disgusted. Now I actually have gratitude for him for doing that because he put an obstacle. He's like, that's a no for you. Yes, because that's not where your life path is supposed to go. Is exactly. Why would you don't want to work around people like that? You know, yes. I was listening to your episode about where you got laid off three different times. I mean, I started getting so anxious. I was like, what did she, what, what did, how did she, and cause then you were like the first, the first layoff, I got a severance package. The second one I did. And I was like, what am I had chills again? And I was yes. like, okay, oh my gosh, what she, you know? And I mean, that was just so how did you handle getting like, cause you were uh, getting divorced or you were single at the time? I was divorced already by those times. So it was all up to you. Yes. Uh, all My- up to you. Mm-hmm. And how did you, I know you said you prayed a lot and, and, and you just trusted God, which is so freaking awesome. Um, yes. but I mean, there are those times where we're like laying in bed and like, just anxious. Like, how did you deal with that? Yeah. <laughs> Let me tell you. I trust me. I said, I pray. Don't make it seem like it was simple because I know I always tell people I make God laugh and he's like, what now, Arlene? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I get on yeah. his nerves. I know I do because I'm, I'm not perfect. Cause, <laughs> cause you never shut up. <laughs> That's it. So the, the first time, like I said, I got the package. So that was good. And that was from that big box retailer to be, believe it or not. Mm. The second time uh, and the third time I didn't get one. I promise you, I, I always tell people the way I did it. I went into broke mode. It's like, okay, Arlene, this is the only income you, this is the only income coming into this house. I was anxious. I was scared. I tell you, because I'm such a pop, I, I promise you this. And I don't try to make this sound like it's easy. Right. Because I try to find the positive in everything. Right. Even for that second one, I said, Lord, I didn't do anything wrong. I was good at what I did. Yeah, you, I know. You, I love that. You're you, like, you have to talk yourself up to say, I yeah, know I was good yeah. at what I did. Yeah. I said, so God, you're going to have to fix this. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you, I, and I used to, I used to always say, God, I know you didn't bring me and my daughter here to leave us. I used to always say that. I know you didn't bring us here to leave us. Mm -hmm. I need something to happen. So let me tell you, I was dealing with my mortgage company back and forth, going back and forth with them. Cause I'm, I'm like, 
we need to do something. I don't have any income coming in. And then I was sitting here nervous because I wanted to make sure I had insurance still. And my daughter was on her dad's insurance. So I know she was covered, which, you know, that was an added, you know, leave a relief. But right. for me, I started to play, you know how high that Cobra is. That Cobra is, a, is yes, crazy. Yes, yeah, yeah. And I remember a friend told me, she's like, Arlene, don't pay for that. You can go to the clinic. And I'm like, I don't want to go to the clinic. <laughs> so mm-hmm. what I, so what I did is I really just kept dealing with my mortgage company. My mortgage, mortgage company was going to work with me. And finally, I just kept praying and said, Lord, you're going to have to fix this. So I it's up to you. I've already done my part. You get it on your stuff, you, right? Exactly. You God. So please be God. Yeah. And, yeah. and to me, he showed me himself. That's yes. That's why I said I would tell anybody, and trust me, I don't like to be that pseudo kind of Christian, like, ooh, right. just pray everything right, right. happens your way. It don't always happen unless it's in his plan to me. Right. So, so my thing is, I mean, so I remember me and my daughter went home for spring break to my dad's, spent some time with him, came back, and I promise you, my mortgage company dropped my mortgage down to $5 a month for six months. <laughs> I always tell people that's nobody to me, but a God who did that because yeah. people can still say, and it's, it's, I don't try to push my faith on nobody. Yeah. People can say themselves, no, Arlene, it just happened. Cause you were working with them. Yeah. He tell us to do the work. Yeah. I was supposed to do the work, yeah. but I rely yeah. on him to do the parts that I yeah. can't do. So yeah. I yeah. give him credit for me. Yeah. Yeah. Let me tell you my experience. Cause I, I you're speaking my language right now. Okay. Cause you know, you know, you've heard my podcast, like God is love. We're all, and we all have God inside of us. We're all love. We're all connected yes. by love consciousness, you know, all that stuff. Um, but the thing is, is that as humans in our ego brain, we want to predict outcomes of things. We yes. want to try to control. We want to try to do all these things instead of surrendering and trust, because what happens is when we surrender and trust, because mm-hmm. you were fine. You were like, it's up to you. Yeah. Fix it, dude. Like fix mm-hmm. it. Exactly. And then he it got fixed. Right. And, <laughs> and that's one thing that like, when I'm like doing my manifestation stuff, I forgot that part. And when I just started, when I stopped predicting outcomes, I can't even tell you opportunities and just amazing wow. things have happened. And so I just stopped predicting outcome. This mm-hmm. is because what happens too, is you get something even greater than you even, I mean, did you even think you were going to get a mortgage? That was me five. No. Right. No. Right. Right. <laughs> no, had no idea. Had no, no idea. It shocks me to this day still when I, yeah. Talk about yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's so freaking cool. You know, mm-hmm. um, mm-hmm. that's really cool. So then you yeah. got laid off a third time and I got laid off a third time. And then what, you. I mean, then at this time, you're just like, I'm exhausted. Like, <laughs> I mean, like what, what do you do? But let me tell you what I, what I did learn. I said, okay, Laura, you did it once you'll do it again. And, and so that's what that's, they say, that's what you build off of the sale. Yeah. He did it for me before he'll do it again. Yes. So luckily with that one, I didn't go as long. I still just trusted him. Mm-hmm. And I think within maybe within that one, she, Within two to three months, I, I still went into a job and I had already, because I had, that had happened to me, it learned, it taught me to kind of put money to the side, you know, oh, I'm that one. Save I, and I, plan. Yes. The yeah. one they, always say, yep. Ram, they always say have, this is six months of, I, I don't think I have that much now. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. But I always put money to the side and yeah. it helped me to give me that comfort. Yes. You know? I, I'm scared it kind of holds me. You got to be careful with that because yeah, it kind of yeah. stifle you from doing other things right. when you're supposed to because right, you're right. afraid of that 
when this happens, if, right, if this happens, right. I need to feel like I'm protected. Right. So, but yeah, so it, I was okay until I, I went right into another job. So yeah. luckily I went into another job, like I said, in about two months. Yeah. But I had yeah. some kind of like a cushion. That's awesome. Me. So how did you get the idea to do a podcast? Like, did you listen to podcasts and go, I may <laughs> want to do that? Or did your daughter go, Hey, like, how did, I mean, how did you say, I'm going to do a podcast? I know why, but like, why did you do a podcast? Like, why? Why that avenue? Yeah, because I said, let me tell you, back in that day, y'all, since I'm saying, um, you know, it's been some years, it was blogging more then. You know, uh-huh. I know people still do blog, because like, you got your blog. Yep. But it was blogging. But because I'm more of a talker, we knew podcasts were bigger. And I'm like, okay, Arlene, you don't want to write as much as you want to talk. I'm a talker. Yeah. I'm, trying, yeah. I'm trying to get paid talking because I love right. to talk. Yeah, I tell yeah, my yeah. brother, my sister and brother that for years because they're so different from me in that regard. Really? They talk as much as I do. Yeah. <laughs> they laugh yeah. at me. And I told my brother, I'm going to do what, what I love doing, talking. So <laughs> I told him that years ago. So instead of doing the blog and with podcasts, we know it's been big years ago. I'm like, bam, it's, it's going to be a podcast. Yeah, yeah. I can talk. So that's why, why podcast now I decided to do the podcast instead of. That's awesome. Yeah. And And I knew I wanted to talk to people. I wanted to deal with people. So podcasting was the best, next best thing for me. Yes. And tell, tell the listeners and the viewers about your coaching. What, what kind of coach are you in? Like, what, what do you help people with? Now I I am a life coach, more of a life coach. So what I do is we can, you know, help people try to move forward from these obstacles and, you know, give some life applications of how you can do that. And mine comes more of it from experience. It's, yeah. You know, I, I don't have, I always tell people, I would recommend you go to a therapist. Yes. Train in their profession. Cause mm-hmm. I don't take nothing from yeah. them at yeah. all. Yeah. Psychiatrists, psychologists, mm-hmm. all the ones mm-hmm. who really know how to, the brain really works yeah. and help them. I'm just that one who can tell you, I know, experiencing layoffs and I know how I had to turn that pain into something positive yes. for myself. Yes. I know it's an attitude yes. thing as well. Yeah. So I, in, in that regard, I can help some people in it and just to talk life through I and mean, you just need yeah. like a sister to talk to. Yes. I'm your girl. Yeah. You know, if you just need someone to kind of say, Arlene, how do you, how do you handle this situation? How do you handle, because I work on, I work it on a, I not work. I, I deal with a lot of people who have gone through things that I volunteer to do. And, and I just know how, I know what divorce feels like. So yes. I know how to help you and tell you, I understand how you yeah. feel. I know, I know when you want to curse the person out for a whole yes. year straight, which yes. I did yes. yeah. <laughs> every time I talked to him, but then I can turn it around and say, but it was wrong. And yeah. you know, that was my truth. I did it. It was wrong of me because mm-hmm. my mouth can be a weapon yeah. if I don't choose it, use it the right way. Mm-hmm. Like you say, with, even, you know, with, you know, with your dad using those words, my words were still not good either. Yeah. You know, yeah. But I only did that when I felt like I was hurt. Yeah. Pain, which mm-hmm. is still wrong. It was still wrong. That's so, so interesting that you just said that. Cause I mean, yeah. that's why my dad said those things because he was hurt. Yes. Mm-hmm. It's hurt. It's, it's, you know, we tell you that what they say, even I don't want to jump, but they say little kids are taught racist. You, you're taught to not like somebody little kid. They come out just seeing the world from, you know, but they don't see anything. That's that's it's pure imagination, pure, imagi- pure exactly. imagination, pure imagination. They're taught. 
It's, it's yeah. a top learned behavior. Mm -hmm. So I know that people can overcome that and, yeah. and come through it. And, and, and sometimes you just have to see like how you and I, we connect so much, Yeah. but we come from two different worlds, but still yeah. we're the yeah. same. Yeah. We're truly yeah. the same. I just wish everybody would feel that way. Cause let me tell you what I used to tell all my friends. Cause I have close friends, um, that, are uh, Caucasian, all different, you know, races. So my, mm -hmm. my I have a twin named Marlene. So mm -hmm. Marlene, we used to work at the same company. And I remember one time I don't, I'm, I feel like I'm jumping and I want you. No, no, you're fine. Right. You're fine. I remember we worked at the same big company before. And I remember Marlene was, uh, that's when the company was a little bit smaller, but it was still always huge. But this IT person was looking for me. And for some reason, he went to Marlene's desk. Uh, he was around Marlene. And Marlene said, oh, it's my twin. She said, she, 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 work, she works on whatever floor I was on. So when the guy, when the guy came, he, <laughs> he came to my desk. He looked, he said, Arlene? I said, yeah. I said, my twin sent you? He said, I said, that is, we have different mothers. <laughs> different okay, you're you're freaking me out right now. You're freaking me out because I have a twin too. Her name is Nikki. And we actually, a few weeks ago, we went to, there's this really good chicken place called Gus's Fried Chicken. And uh -huh. they came to bring our food or something. And I was like, oh, that's my, my twin sisters. And he was like, huh? And I said, we have different mothers. And then he was like, I think different fathers, fathers. <laughs> you know, different fathers. Yeah. It was, it, that's so funny. It is hilarious, but you know, it just, it's just that you still, we know they are taught these things that people are taught. Yeah. And, it's yeah. not, and, and I know anybody could change their ways if they choose to. Right. Know? Right. It's, right. It's, and everything is a choice. It's a correct. Choice. And that's, oh, and that's, let me tell you, that is like my favorite thing about your like epiphany. I have listening yeah. to your podcast, the path was healing is a choice. Yes. I never realized that I was like, healing is a freaking choice. It yes. is a freaking choice. Mm -hmm. It is a choice. It, one that you are worthy of and deserve. And mm -hmm. it's a choice, you know, exactly. it's a, and, and emotions are choices. Like at any moment you can change how you feel about something and outlook. Like just me driving today going, like we were talking about before I started recording was about how I had to go through those things with my mm -hmm. father and having a family that was racist. I had to, because mm -hmm. that whole, all of those years to see the injustice of it to now be a vessel to help others, you know, I had to go through that. And so I was like, I'm so grateful that my dad was racist, you know, <laughs> no, and, you know <laughs> and also to kind of a side note on that is like, just, I know, like with my family, I'm not saying this is all white people, but whenever there's a black issue happening in the news and mm -hmm. um, I was actually thinking about this last night let's say the tv's on okay this yeah. is like this is my painting a picture for you and my family okay we're all in the living room and the mm -hmm. tv's on and there's uh, an african-american person on the news talking about what happened and how they're upset mm -hmm. and this is exactly what my how my family would react as oh another black person complaining geez you know and then turn off the tv mm -hmm. so I am like, okay, well, I'm a vessel because, and, and I actually was talking to one of my African-American friends about this. And she was yeah. like, we're tired. And I yeah. said, you can press now, <laughs> like, let me, <laughs> let me do it. Let me take over because because yeah. I, it just, it's different because white people, because I look like a white person. Right. So they're yeah. going to hear me. They're not yeah. going to hear someone they don't relate to. And that's kind of like with anybody, right? Like if there was, mm -hmm. um, I don't know, 
a female that was like super harsh or something, I'd be like, oh, I'm not listening to anything that person said, you know what I mean? So, mm -hmm. and, and, and it is all ingrained, but, but yeah, so um, it's just, it's, what's really cool is that we can talk about these things and you can ask me uncomfortable questions. I can ask you uncomfortable questions because um, that's where the opportunity is, right? Yes. Exactly. And, and you're right. People will hear you, at least even uh, um, that white people, they'll listen to you and not uh, someone else and, and, and have you tell it from even from the perspective you learn from what we say. And, you know, and, and, but the, the interesting part to me is that, how can I say, it, it's, it's interesting that people will listen, but then they don't understand like you don't until you walk you know a mile in someone's shoes that that you don't really know and so all you want is someone to listen and just empathize i know you can't right. understand what it is to be me right but I, I was hoping that every after everything even with george floyd and everything mm -hmm. i think and and with the and people recording everything that you would think that people would say okay sometimes these everybody was not lying yeah. you know yeah. you know because when you say like they say that you know you have yeah. like yeah complaining yeah but we're complaining because there was a reason and trust me i can be the first one to tell you i don't believe every story yeah i'm yeah. a person who know how to use my own mind to say yes yes just because they're black i don't believe every story or just because right right i don't right. believe everything about them right I, I get that feeling myself the same way connecting with a person i i go off of my my gut and my feeling and just like what's right you yeah. know what yeah I feel like right because yeah. I don't believe everybody is racist and just be, because you, you may have, you can experience certain things. Right. I just, I love to give everybody an opportunity at least. Right. Right. And yeah. justice looks different for everyone. Everybody. Right. And at the end of the day, we all want to just feel safe. Yes. But that safety can look and feel different for everyone. You exactly. know what I mean? So. Exactly. And can I, I just, be clear with one thing too? The one yeah. thing I, I remember me and my coworker talked about this and I was so glad she asked me about this. And because she's white and, and she was asking me at one point, she's an Arlene with all these killings and with, with the cops and everything. She was like, she said, what is going on? And the only thing I, the way I, I would explain it to her, because everybody, I believe people's stories because I don't, I don't live like every black person. So I can't answer for every black person. So that's why I listen to their stories and I believe a lot of them are valid. And it's just because I lived in my little bubble and thankfully in my little country town where we were family and everybody was together. I can't say what happens on in someone else's family, of course, but just to, to the point that I told her, when I have to look at my, my brother and my nephews and I see the good men that these men are, not perfect, even with yeah. my dad, let me go back, not perfect people, right? but if a cop looks at them just like they're a piece of nothing, yes, just because of the color of their skin and, yeah. and yeah. something happens to them, I say, I yeah. got a problem with that yeah, because yeah. I know these are good men. Yes, yes, yes. I just want them to judge them as the person yeah. they see, not yes. as the right. whatever they think right. and just another black right. man. Right, and, I'm, and this is kind of a cool topic. I love it because I've never really yeah. talked about this a lot because I know a lot of cops, um, yes. a lot of white cops and um, I mean, I just, just cause nurses usually generally marry a cop, you know what I mean? And, yeah. um, I actually dated one. He was actually African-American. Yeah. Um, but I will tell you in him too, they, a lot, the mo the ones I've encountered, they have severe PTSD from their own childhood. Like there is a, there is a, um, pattern that I have seen of severe abuse. Wow. And so 
and I'm talking physical abuse, you know, emotional abuse, of course, shut down your feelings, you know, you're not allowed to express yourself. Like one of my friends husband, like his um, mom would like pour like hot sauce down his throat, you know? So, so that's just the pattern I've seen is that they have had severe abuse in childhood. So now they're doing, so then they go into a profession to protect, right? Mm -hmm. When they're just in fight and flight, it's what they are. They're in fight and flight. They're still still trying to protect, right? And so whatever that perceived danger is, you know, that they've been taught ingrained is this, you know, black person that's danger, right? They're already at a level that's severe. And then Mm -hmm. they see the threat. That's, mm-hmm. that's when you're, so if you're already anxious, you can't make, it's hard to think, right. Cause your frontal right. lobe goes offline Yes, and you're yes. not breathing and all that stuff. So once you, you know, we talked about that before, slow down yeah. your breathing and, and then you can make decisions, but they're not, they're not breathing. They're, they're, they're just reacting. Exactly. And I'm just like, they're all, it's all their childhood abuse that like, like I said, I dated that cop and I mean, he literally had to know where the entrances and exits were. Wow. Yeah. And I was like, what the hell? Like I've never experienced that. And then like, yeah. we were just getting gas and he was like, and I was looking at my car manual and he was like, you were supposed to be my lookout. And I was like, what are you talking about? It's a Sunday and we're like out of town. And yeah. he's like, anybody could just, you know, so, so, yeah. so my, just the pattern I've seen as an outside person, um, yes. is that they're all just in fight and flight and they're all PTSD. And mm-hmm. I, I think it would like, like to start there, like, like how, how many of them have been abused? Let's do a survey, you know, and then how can mm-hmm. we help the, these men? Cause the people like pe- hurt people, hurt people. Right. People and, hurt people. um, hurt people need the most love. Of course. You know, I so agree with that. And, and you know what, that's when one of my, uh, uh someone I was talking to, she said, it, it, you wish it was something more that men would come out and talk men talk. I know there are podcasts out there for men, but I believe there needs to be so much more. Yeah. Yeah. And yours. And, I know you talk to more, more men on your podcast. Yes. Yes. I and, which I love, I love it. Transparent, but I mean, but also, but in my dating stuff, they're always like avoidant. They have, if you look at relationship styles, avoidant attachment, mm-hmm. and especially with African-American men, you know, they're taught to shut down their feelings. They're yeah. never taught you know, it's okay to, you know, set boundaries or anything like that. Yes. And also too, as women and talkers, yes, they come home and they're like, yeah, how was your day? Yeah. I had to deal with it. Well, you should do it. They're going to shut down. They, yeah, they, yeah. they, cause yeah. that's, they're not getting the space to talk. They need a minute and it's hard for us. We're like chihuahuas, you know? Exactly. So, so, so it's like, you know, so kind of like learning that, like if, instead of us fixing, we just valid, we don't validate them. That's the problem too. We don't validate them. So, oh, I had to deal with such and such. Well, that sounds really frustrating. Yes, I agree. I totally agree with that because that's the same thing. I remember hearing this preacher say that same thing too. He said when he comes home and his wife, when he comes home, his wife is just like, Oh, she, she's just going, you know, this, and you know, that, and, you, and he said, I just want to know what's for dinner. <laughs> exactly. And by the way, by the way, women, we think they're, that men are thinking all these things hashtag they're not that complicated they're really they're not, not they're not they're, they're like like if you're like what's wrong with you what are you mad at me you know like they're just literally like they're dull or <laughs> you know what i yeah. mean like when they're like watching tv totally or whatever agree. you yes. know what i mean totally so agree. but we think there's something wrong you know yeah. and you know they're it's just, just funny they just like i just want to sit down <laughs> yeah exactly exactly well before we end our episode our first video episode together can mm-hmm. you tell the viewers and the listeners how they can find the path podcast how they can find you on social media 
Yes, I certainly will. Thank you again. And, and let me say this, because I want to throw this out there in case they listen. I have a lot of cop people in my life too. So shout out to all the cops, the officers, federal, yes. um, state, everywhere. So we yes. love you all. Um, the ones doing it right. But I do believe yeah. they should take tests. Yes. Some tests, some of them, just to make sure. So how you can reach me. You can reach me, uh, The Path Podcast, me on all social media platforms. Uh, you can find us at The Path underscore podcast uh, on Instagram and Twitter. Uh, and on Facebook, I believe it's just The Path Podcast. So The Path underscore podcast on Instagram and The Path and Facebook and The Path Podcast on Twitter. That's and awesome. if you want to email me, you want to be a guest, you want to come on and share your story because we all have one. I talk to bold women. One day I want to yes. talk to bold men right now, because as you see, Christine is one of those bold women. You can find me at the path, the number four, W-A-R-D at gmail.com. That's the path forward at gmail.com. I love so, that. Yeah, come I love that. We're going to put podcast, all of that. Click and subscribe, please. I love that. And we're going to put all of that stuff on the screen. And then yes. I'll have it in my show notes. And um, I have to tell you one last thing before we end. So, you yes. know, I'm spiritual and mm -hmm. I don't, I don't know if you heard on my one episode where when finding feathers, when you find feathers, mm -hmm. that is um, someone from the other side saying you're going to be fine or you're on the right path or whatever it is. So yes. if you ever come to my house, Arlene, which you're totally invited, you'll yes. see little feathers that I have found over the last few years some feathers when I really needed a feather a freaking feather. Yeah. Um, sometimes when I was just like, Oh, just confirmation. And now I have all, all my other friends, they find feathers and they send me pictures of feathers. Yes. So two days ago I was pulling in my driveway and I was coming home from work. And as I'm pulling in my driveway, I get this alert on my phone about our podcast. And it uh -huh. like kept alert. It was like, it was like a psycho alert. It was like kept alerting mm -hmm. as my garage door opens. I'm like, what is that in the middle of the garage? this huge feather you are kidding no it almost so looks like pretty. the color of your hair yes it's so pretty like i said got that ombre kind of going look like it yeah i was <laughs> like that's this is the biggest feather i've ever found so i mean it's totally co confirmation that you and i are on the right path and i look forward right to many more experiences with you i love you so much i'm so glad i love you, you too, Christine. yeah oh. we're, we're just getting started baby i'm yes. excited Look out world. Here we come. Yes, yes, yes. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. Bye.